Welcome to the Business Big Bang Theory, presented by the Business Centre. My name is Steve Waite, Business Centre Connect Advisor, but also the CEO of the Business Centre. The Business Connect program is a dedicated program funded by the New South Wales Government and delivered through a network of dedicated independent service providers to help you start, adapt or grow your small business. Now at any time there's a business disruption in our economy and in our society it affects our personal lives. There's an impact as us on, as humans but perhaps one of the sectors that has been most hardest hit at this time are live venues, the music industry and the direct flow on effect to venues and those people that operate them and on the performers that perform in them. Tonight we'd like to look uh, and have a view of this from the perspective of the small business owner and the operator of these venues or, or performance artists that work in these venues, pub owners, small bar owners, uh, people that run live music events and operators of businesses in the sector. So to discuss the enormous impact and how we have to deal with this and what we can do to get through it or adapt or prevail we have three wonderful guests, very interesting people, each in their own right, who are going to give their own perspectives, but all of them are equally passionate from their own perspective about the way we can go about sustaining this business through this and what happens next and how we can keep people employed in the sector. So we're hoping through a, dis a discussion to address the commonly held fears, talk through the threats, but also look towards a new way of dealing with this extraordinary situation that has evolved and truly tested the viability of live venues and places for performers and the entertainment industry overall. So I'm going to introduce our guests. We'll start with the first guest on my left, uh, who is Mark Tinson. Now, uh, Mark is a, a renowned and well-regarded musician and performer that, that many in our audience would be aware of. Uh, he is, he's also a songwriter. Mark performed in some legendary Australian bands, born of the highly formative and influential pub rock scene, such as Rabbit, Heroes, Swanee, Tex Pistols and TMG. Mark is also now a record producer and sound engineer, Tino as he's often known, has worked with some of the biggest names in Australian music and has mentored the Screaming Jets in Silverchair. Mark, Thank you so much for your time. We're hoping to extract some wisdom. Oh, okay. See you. how that works. <laughs> okay, next I'd like to introduce Roly DeWith. Roly is owner and managing director of the Junction Hotel, but a former owner of a number of other venues which would, would house and have live performers, such as nightclubs and, and pubs. Uh, uh, but Roly also brings a broader industry experience uh, as a, a person that works within the Australian Hoteliers Association, and he's occasionally a spokesperson for the industry. and is a strong hotel industry advocate. So thank you for bringing your broad experiences and, and range of views to this. Thank you. You're welcome. Lastly, we also have uh, Gabe with us. Gabe is a musician and drummer, although Mark was contending whether drummers should be in the musician oh, category. No, no, I was just or, interested you, to just see <laughs> the description. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Gabe features in an, a number of bands. He's an accomplished uh, uh, producer in his own right. He's got a recording studio, but he's worked, worked in bands such as Bloody Hell, Soda, Frankie's House Band and Dave. And, and Gabe works across a number of music genres. And we're having a conversation about that earlier before we started, that indeed even that is a factor at the moment about what sort of music is conducive to COVID and what is not. Innovation is more than a buzzword. Innovation is not just for startups. If you are looking for ways of adding value to your customer, introducing new products and services, or want to explore ways of working smarter, check out the Start House programs at businesscentre.com.au. We'll get the conversation going. And the first conversation we love to start with, with everybody that's come in and had a conversation with us about this area of disruption and COVID is, 
how has this been for you? As how have you experienced it? What's it been like? And we'll kick off with you, Mark. And, okay, and well, for me, the music industry is not just playing music. So I've, I started out being a guitar player, a musician, um, mm -hmm. and then I had a, a parallel career almost as a, a recording engineer. Yep. Then I moved into live sound, and I actually worked for Rolly for yep. many, many years, as yep. a, not only as a musician, but as a live sound operator. Yep. So what I've got is a, a, a broad range of skills. Yep. And I think for, for someone like me, and I've been doing it for 50 years, yep. COVID has been just a chance to actually sit back, have, mm -hmm. a, have a breather, yeah. I've still got a clientele for my recording studio. Yes. I've lost a lot of live sound work, yes. but you know, maybe it's just you just go, well, it's time for that to stop anyway. Yeah. I do a lot of teaching as well. Yeah. So for me, it was just a case of, okay, I've still got some balls in the air yeah. in terms of earning some money. Yeah. Because I've run what I do as a business, I'm open to um, JobKeeper. Yeah. So it hasn't impacted me enormously financially. I've still mm -hmm. got a, a, a good business mm -hmm. running. Yeah. But what it's meant is that I can actually look at what I'm doing and go, you know, I can do some things for me now. I've got some time. Yeah. So what I've, I've been doing is I've been uh, mixing a whole pile of live recordings I've done over the last three years. Yes. I'll put that out as a record and do a concert to go with it. Okay. So what I'm doing is thinking, okay, that's a, a big project but it's looking forward. So I can use that as a model for other things that yeah. I do after so that. It's given so given time to, yeah. to review, time to recalibrate. It's Absolutely. Not, it's not just and been a wasted impact. Yeah. But you know, what's allowed me to do that is I've had a long time building up a, a studio clientele in yeah. especially. The other thing is with teaching, you've got a model. So I'm, I'm in a high risk group now, I'm over 60. Mm -hmm. So face-to-face uh, -face teaching, I yeah. probably need to do a little bit less of that in the COVID uh, environment. Let's listen. Rolly, what's it been like for you with, with you know, operating your business and, and operating a venue? Obviously, um, owning a venue and then being closed for 10 weeks, mm. reopening and then operating it at 30% mm. of what yeah. we were previously. Yeah. Um, a large staff, mm. um, financial commitments. Mm. But what I think and what I've seen with uh, a lot of people that are in the industry is the emotional toll yes. um, that it has been taken on um, yes. on operators. Yes. Some have handled it well and some have seen opportunities to do things differently. Yeah. Overall, it's uh, as we see the threat of COVID coming back or another yes. surge, that's where there's an unknown. Yes. So it is extremely difficult yeah. uh, for uh, venue operators in Newcastle, well, I think Newcastle has been synonymous with live music. Mm. Yes. We have had interventions in the past. We've, we've had disruptions. Mm -hmm. We've had the earthquake, which we've, we've yeah. adapted yeah. Um, and come out of. Yeah. But we've also had licensing restrictions put on yeah. 12 years ago, which were a major disruptor yeah. to live music yes. in the city. And now's the time, I think, yes. to redress that as well. Yeah. I guess, and Mark, uh, you know, pub rock in Australia was seminal. It was a place where so much came from. It arose from that environment, from, from yeah. that type of... Um, well, and you had international success from that, you know, yeah. Cold Chisel, yeah. uh, Midnight Oil, yeah. ACDC, yeah. all of came out of that, that yeah. pub rock scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you, if you imagine going back and going with the restrictions that we have now, yeah. imposing that on, yeah. you know, ACDC back in the day, it's yeah. like... Would yeah. they have ever stepped outside of Australia? Yeah. 
Yeah. Gabe, mm. for you, because you, you play in a number of bands, you, you record, uh, you've, yeah. you know, you've got a, a quite a busy and hectic life. What has it been like for you? Oh, COVID for me, like, at first I was really upset, but then I realised that it was the break I wasn't really willing to give myself. Yes. Um, just gigging so consistently for, like, the last four or five years, like, yeah. 140 gigs a year or something like that, and then booking music for 13 venues I was, and then yeah. all of a sudden my life went from gig, 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 gig to just... Yeah. No gigs, like zero gigs playing and booking. And so it's pretty good. I kind of focused on a lot of the small things and just focused on taking care of myself a little bit as well, which yeah. was good. Yeah. But I was lucky because I had a job other than music because I've always kind of liked having another job because then yeah. it keeps music as like the thing I like doing rather than the thing which like I'm relying on for an income all of the time. Yeah. And so I could get JobKeeper from like the restaurant I work at, but yeah. I felt really bad for a lot of the musos who I was actually doing booking work for yeah. who weren't eligible because a lot of so, it was just like cashies and stuff like that. And yeah. so they couldn't get any assistance from the government and all of a sudden like their only source of income yeah. is just now, gone. We spoke earlier last week about your concerns about musicians themselves in, in regards to being ready to start performing again when these venues are, up, are up and operating, that you're concerned about some people losing, and you know, we may lose uh, some musicians or they may lose their musicianship because they don't have the chance to perform. Yeah, well, for example, one of my favourite bands messaged me saying that they were decided to call it a day like during this period, but I just think there will be a lot of bands who lose their momentum from yeah. live shows because a lot of them, like, obviously some bands have the internet presence and everything and they're still, like, releasing songs on Spotify and everything, but some bands, I think, if they're not rehearsing and they're not gigging, like, they won't make it out the other side. I think. Create your own Big Bang and see your business idea come to life. Our online course, Start Your Own Business, helps you learn the basics in marketing, compliance, modelling and small business finances. As a bonus for our podcast listeners, you can use the code BIGBANG to access the Start Your Own Business course online for free at businesscentre.com.au. I'd like to take it a little bit further with that and, and look specifically at each of you just reflecting a little on what are the challenges going to be? Is, is this, we just heard today, I think that in South Australia there are another 17 cases yeah. and things can flare up again. So what, what are the challenges going to be? What are they from your perspective, Mark? Well, with, with live music, I would think the biggest challenge is how can we get enough people in yeah. to make it worthwhile, yeah. not only to run the, the venue, but to also pay the musicians. Yeah. So what you've got is the opportunity, I guess, for venues to go, how can we do this differently? Mm -hmm. Now, if you look at um, Jimmy Barnes played in town at, at Lazotte's uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, yeah. sold out two performances. Yes. Now, normally, you know, Barnes can go and, and sell thousands of tickets, yeah. but in that space, what they did was they sold virtual tickets to the show. Yeah. And they sold four times as many virtual tickets as they did mm. uh, seats in the venue. Mm. So you have to go, for Jimmy Barnes, that's a pretty easy sell. Mm. But then for younger artists that are starting out, yes. um, I think we have to realise that those artists have got to be able to create a product, whether it be them performing or whether it be a combination of that and recordings that they offer for sale. Yes. They've got to build up a demand for that. Mm. And maybe you have to look back and go, well, how did we do it in the early days? Yes. And, and what we didn't depend on pubs to hire us when we first started out, we put in our own dancers. You yes. know, you'd, you'd hire a community hall. Yes. I don't know what regulations would say about that, you know, <laughs> yeah. noise especially. Yeah. But you need to build up your own audience. And I think what's lost in the music industry now is that, that idea, everybody's looking to be mm. at the top. Mm. 
they want to tour the world, mm. tread the, the biggest stages. Mm. But it, music really is a community thing. You know, if you can't have your community mm. embracing you or helping you along, mm. you're probably not going to get to that next level. Mm. Uh, so I found when I was growing up and first starting performing, we had kids at school would come and see us. We mm. had our friends would come and see us. Yes. I think that whole idea of community needs to be explored we a bit more instead of the times. idea that you have an online community, mm. which is actually not very real, mm. to get those people that may be watching you online mm. to actually fork out some money to, to mm. keep you going. Mm. Is, it's a big ask, mm. you know, especially when there's so much of it. Yeah. Gabe, I know that there's a, an app where people can book an act and, and have them you know, come to a home. And you know, I think we can have gatherings up to 30 people in our home where you're probably paying a higher dividend for that performance, but you're getting an exclusive performance by yeah. By a performer, have you, have you heard of, of that type of thing? I actually haven't. Hey, yeah. Yeah. I think I've heard it maybe mentioned before, yeah. but I've never really looked into it myself. Um, well, so that house concert idea yes. is is very much in the area of older people. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe somebody in in the valley has got a big house, yeah. and they've got a community of friends yeah. who are happy to pay thirty or forty dollars to come. Yeah. There might be a limit of thirty people. Yeah. The artist walks out with twelve hundred dollars. Rob, for you, what are the challenges as you see them right now? Yes, yeah, so um, the onus is on the venue operator or a yes. venue owner to comply with all the safety plans. Yeah. At times, we are the fun police, um, yes. and the pressure is on on us. Yeah to make sure that we're all adequately spaced, that we're complying with numbers, that we're not standing. And it's so easy for somebody, mm. for a patron or a guest to stand. It's, that, it's the pressure that's on mm. the venue operator. And we're normally mm. about fun. We're normally mm. about, we're creating, and to Mark's point, mm. it's about creating that outlet, mm. the, uh, the social fabric of each little niche suburb mm. where um, mm. people come together. Now we're excluding a lot of people and saying, okay, yeah. I so, can only fit a certain number in. And So tell and me, you and I spoke about this last week when we met with Mark. It's quite technical and we're also talking about the, the regulation of that and, the, and who is monitoring and, and imposing that regulation for the sake of all of us. It's quite technical. How are you finding, speaking to your, your colleagues and people in, in the industry, wrestling with this rack of, of regulations and still trying to run your, your venue and, and have performers? There's incredible confusion because also the regulations differ from state to state. Yeah. So of course a patron hears something that which would be applicable for mm -hmm. Queensland and they think that yep. it applies here. Yes, I understand that we, we need to look at New South Wales yeah. solely. There is, I guess, um, confusion about why so many people can go to a sporting arena mm -hmm. and be denied going to a concert. The government, yes, should be congratulated on some of the initiatives and the funding yeah. that they have made available, but mm -hmm. obviously that, then more needs to be done mm -hmm. and it needs to be easy for venues, mm -hmm. live music mm -hmm. operators, bands, to access that mm -hmm. funding, mm -hmm. to say, okay, that they've now reduced the restrictions to 50% capacity, mm -hmm. well that applies to cinemas, to theatres mm -hmm. and to concert halls. Yes. Well quite a few venues have fallen through, well the vast majority yeah. that doesn't apply to. Yes. And the risk is that some of the venues will fall through the cracks. Yes. And if we just look at Newcastle, there's still three live entertainment or 
late night venues, mm -hmm. hotels that have not reopened yes, because yes. it's not viable for them yeah. to operate at and this time. And that would time. be similar to, uh, I guess, a number of other regions across New South Wales where it, that, that peculiar situation yes. could occur. Yeah. If you're enjoying our podcast today, make sure you rate and review Business Big Bang Theory through iTunes and follow and share us on Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn at The Business Centre. Gabe, you, you had a good insight, I thought, when we spoke if we want to have bands and as we, we grow out of this and we get a little bit more or less regulation and, and the government support and funding has been, has been great, you made a really good suggestion about you know, some funding that could go to performers, particularly bands where a solo artist can probably come in with their PA, quickly set up their system and, and get a good wage for the night, whereas if it's a band, well, um, it, it, you, know, you want to just give us that Yeah, that well there's two have. things, like firstly, like for example, with a small venue such as like the Ori, if you have a band, say a four or five piece, but then you're only allowed 20 people in the room. Yeah. That eats into that. So not only is the band taking up the capacity, but then that's also less money the business is going to make because yeah. like, yeah. there's less patrons there consuming food and alcohol. Most of the venues I've been booking is strictly soloists. I cannot book bands at many venues anymore, mm. like mm. at this stage. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I just, yeah, I kind of agree with Rolly with the sport thing. Like, don't get me wrong, I love sport, but I just yeah. don't understand the difference between 40,000 people screaming for their teams when they're probably consuming alcohol as well, like they would be at the pub, yeah. and how that's any better than 20 people in a yeah. pub singing along to some yeah. artist they're trying to support. But that's just what I think. When we look at the, at the economic figures, the contribution that music and the creative industry makes to our economy is significant, probably much larger than sport, for example. How do we keep this going? How do we ensure that we still are able to have an, uh, a music industry and venues, therefore, the thousands of workers that underpit the roadies, you know, techies, um, hospitality workers, uh, security staff, etc. How, how do we keep it going? Well, I think there's some venues in Newcastle which are doing a pretty good job. Like, as in this period, I think one of the main things you have to do is adapt. And like, yeah, until like we're back to where we were. Yeah. But like, for example, the Cambridge. I think what they've been doing with the seated shows and yes. doing the two shows in the one night. Like when Dave did our album launch and we did like we sold 220 tickets. Yes. And sold heaps of merch. And so for us, it was still like profitable and same as the Cambridge like it was worth them putting on the show yeah. but I guess it also the main thing with that is space so like the bigger venues can yes. do that whereas the smaller venues the smaller pubs in yeah. it's just harder for them to do it. But an interesting outcome mm -hmm. with COVID is I think for a long time mm. music has been undervalued yes so particularly with, yeah. with with younger audiences yeah they'll buy one song yeah instead yeah. of a whole album yeah was once upon a time the album was the way you educated yourself yes. uh, to what was happening. Also, uh, you'll notice that there's a comeback of vinyl. Yes. So, and people are paying, you know, $30, dollars $50 for some vinyl. Mm. They could buy the CD equivalent for $20. Mm. So I think what's happening with, with that is people are going, actually, music has a bit more value. And yes. how that translates into the live area yes. is that people have gone without music, live music, and mm. they're going, actually, I really miss that. My value. And now they're prepared to pay a little bit more. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's just, um, I'm more a heritage act now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but that, that audience likes yeah. to sit down as well. So yeah. it's kind of, yeah. it's working for, for me think, on that I side. I think you make a, a good observation. Yeah. So whereas once upon a time you might charge $30 a ticket, yeah. you might get that up to 
40, $45 a ticket. Yep. People are happy to pay it now. Yep. And again, I think if with the younger audiences, they're now actually going, actually, I can't just go, I want it now. Mm. I have to book a ticket. Yes. And I have to do it in advance. Yes. And I have to actually anticipate that event, mm. which I think is part of what we used to have mm. earlier on with music is you anticipated going to see the band you wanted. You didn't just decide to go and see it five minutes before. It was before. a scarce resource that was valued. Yeah, so I think, yeah. you know, maybe, I mm. hope, people will start to value what we do mm. a little bit more and actually be prepared to pay to get into place. So instead of going, I'm not paying to get in, you know, well, I'm up for the drinks inside. Yeah, we've, got a, we've got a young person here. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think one thing is different acts which I play in kind of go down better than others, like as I was saying before. So like with my jazz band, like I've yeah. found that's been really good in this period because it's great music for when yeah. people are sitting down and slowly sipping a glass of red wine. Yeah. But for certain things like covers bands and stuff where it's usually like, people at a function or like yeah. an event and they want to get up and have a boogie but instead they just have to sit on their chair and just yeah. watch you play covers like it kind of doesn't yeah. really go down as well as it should. So Rolly, different, yeah, different I, business I, models. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think now there is an opportunity to charge probably what mm. we needed to charge for, mm. to see a show. Mm. Um, whereas I think we've always supplemented the price which mm. then put pressure on the band. Mm. So in, pressure in that they were not being paid enough. Mm. Uh, and we hear it all the time where mm. young people are now complaining that they missed out on the show. Mm. They didn't get in quick enough and mm. buy their tickets. Mm. And I know it's, uh, it's the case. And I think I'm, mm. like Mark, mm. hoping that there'll be a resurgence. And yes. nothing is going to work unless we have support from the mm. community mm. for live entertainment. Yeah. Uh, we've seen it wane over the years through different circumstances, yes. but I think the time is right. Yes, we look right. at opportunities, and I yes. think in our city, we have opportunities to u to utilise different venues as well, mm. um, whether it becomes a festival, yep. whether we use the Civic Theatre a little bit more, whether yep. we look at yep. the opportunity at Newcastle Station to put um, events on yep. at the top end of town. Yep. Newcastle City Council are doing it an incredible job. I think uh, they're open-minded now mm -hmm. and that's really what we want. Mm -hmm. it, rather than the answer being no straight away, they are considering the question. Mm. Well, I've, I've, I've observed some of the reading I did for our conversation today that indeed different business models are coming up. So they're putting three, three groups through, for example. One of the other ones that was common to the idea that you also shared, people are pre-purchasing, so it's a $40 voucher that, so that you're going to have a $40 spend and you're going to have to use that on the bar or in merchandise or food. But harking back to your days when you began in music, I mean, there were different ways. There were, there were ticketed shows, there were shows where it was a combination of ticketing and a fee, so it could be a resurgence of, of that again. Let's hope so. <laughs> but I think one point to, to consider too is uh, a venue operator like uh, Rolly, he's not obliged to hire musicians or anybody in the music industry. I think part of what Rolly does, mm. and he has done forever, mm. is he understands that the, the synergy between mm. musicians, community, and, yes. and running the venue. Yes. Um, so I guess we just have to be a little bit more community-minded with yeah. that, so that we go, okay, maybe I'm not here just to make money as a venue, yeah. although that's very important, yeah. but I'm also here to foster talent in the community. Yeah. And, you know, there's enough data around that tell us that a community that's got a strong music base yes. or a school that has a strong music program yes. 
everybody does much better yeah. overall. I think you're right. And when I started putting this, this discussion together and some of the themes that we were going to be talking about, it's about everybody. It we all, we about need everybody. music. We need that, yeah. that in, our, in our community. And we need places for people to do that. Yeah. And often the, the places that that happens are, are, are people that operate a business or people yeah. that operate you know, a venue. All yeah. of it is connected. But um, one of the other things I've managed to do during the COVID break is um, I've been uh, working on setting up an internet radio station mm. with Newcastle Live. Mm. So, mm. you know, we're, we're kind of treating our downtime as mm. an opportunity to, to develop a new business. Mm. So, indeed, I, I did research on, on you and your band. The, the, the disruption that was caused by, you know, an incident in Newcastle actually led to you guys getting a record contract. So disruption is good. A disruption. Huh? They called it a riot back then. <laughs> Now it's a disruption. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Public disobedience. You need, you need to read the book. <laughs> That's right. To get the truth. <laughs> to get to the bottom of it. Let's talk all things small business. For some practical advice and direction, DM us on Facebook or Instagram at The Business Centre. We have seen innovation, you know, and, and a disruption, a crisis actually has danger and opportunity. Well, one venue which is, I think has done a good job and deserves a shout out is definitely the last Gary. So the main thing they did was they stopped having music inside when they could only have maybe, I don't know what the capacity is because they haven't had any shows since, but yeah. they moved all their music outside into the beer garden. Yeah. So then they could have full bands playing and then yeah. they could have more people there watching. And yeah. it's still free entry so people have still been able to access a live gig for free. Yeah. And still paying the musicians quite well as well. Rolly, that's that's a structural thing in a business, you know. Yes. That, that and I know I know your venue that you've currently got at the moment doesn't have that capacity, but that that's a cost, isn't it? And it might be something that people are going to have to consider in their yes. in their business models. A lot of business will be constrained, and then of course you've got to consider your immediate neighbourhood. So it, mm. it may not be that you don't want to create conflicts. Mm. But if I if I look at things that have happened, you, yeah. and and it was with the government as well, mm. so. Great Southern Nights is a great initiative. Yes. Uh, we just need to see more of that type of thing. So we probably need to lean on mm -hmm. government a little bit more or bureaucrats to have a little bit more of that happening. Mm -hmm. um, but I agree with Mark, it is mm -hmm. all of us together yes. that's going to achieve survival. Yeah. And that's really what it is because we are unfortunately going to lose some good acts and we're going to lose some good venues yeah. um, as a result of it. I mean, one of the other things you spoke about, Gabe, was it was a, a, more, a chance for community to be more engaged and to have events that are outdoor, that, that connect one suburb to another by people working together, musicians, performers, working together with community to, to create events at a time like this, which I think, and I share with you, in my own street where I live, just as a result of this, right in you know, March, April, people that lived up from us that were musos opened their garage up and and played music to the street and it connected community right away and maybe there's something that in the line of what you spoke about is possible where we could do that. I think venues working together like is definitely a good idea as well. In small communities like for example in Carrington, like there's a lot of music happening in Carrington at the moment, like that's where my studio is as well. Like I've always thought a cool thing would be doing a King Street crawl within a Carrington crawl and just like having people go from one end of Carrington to other but then also not just having the music venues involved like having all the places like all the shops like Frankie's Noodles and um, every shop in Carrington being open and even having maybe street food and everything and just like yeah. obviously in line with regulation but yeah. just trying different yeah. things I think is a good idea. 
And that, when we were talking about it, Mark, you were saying it doesn't necessarily to be the, you know, the drugs and rock and roll and alcohol. It could really be a community event where it, you know where you've got full community participation through music yeah. and, and venues well, being connected. Yeah, and and you'd, if you look just slightly out of the music industry, mm. a mate of mine ran a little dog festival. Mm. It's called Doggy Day Out. Mm. But one of the biggest impedances to that was getting permission to close a portion yeah. of the of the road. Yeah. And you know, it was thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to block off one block of road. Mm. And you go, well, I think we need to just get rid of that model. Mm. So mm. that if we do want to run community events, councils and, and, and the police and everybody that's associated with that, mm. actually go, you know, this is a great idea. Let's not price it out of existence. Yes. Let's actually put something into it and have a great community event. Because, yeah. you know, you've got uh, people that sell food, you've got musicians, you've got little dogs if you run a little <laughs> dog event, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. I just think there has been so many things blocking yes. blocking uh, community events, I think. Yeah. And also, what happens with community events, we get they're family friendly, mm. which usually means we're not going to pay any of the artists. Mm. So mm. you get a fairly low level of artists. So mm. consequently, people don't really want to yes. come out to that. Yes. So, yeah. uh, or people that like music aren't going to yeah. come out to that. So we need to lift that level as well so that yeah. we do have some great acts yeah. performing at these community events yeah. and not just the local talent school. Yeah. No, it's, it's a good people point, like you said earlier, about yeah. realising the true value yeah. of, of musicians. But the other thing, if you look at Bluesfest in Byron Bay, mm -hmm. they've got an almost entire Australian lineup coming up next year. Yes. Oh, let's hope it still goes and ahead. This is, this is an upside of this yeah. particular situation that with, with events and festivals, if they begin to open up, you know, 500 and above, it's maybe not viable at 500 for a number of events, but it will guarantee a free run for Australian talent because of the bubble, won't it? Yeah. Yeah. And put those acts in front of all of us and those... Yeah. There's opportunities for those bands. Do you already have a small business? We have developed a range of toolboxes using proven methodologies that can help you strategize, scale, or accelerate your business in whatever industry you're in. Find them now in the shop at businesscenter.com.au. We're moving towards the end of our conversation. I like to, sort of, as we get towards the end, to you know, if you've got any any tips, what would you pass on as tips to get through this from your perspective? Mark? Well, I think for anybody in the music industry, you have to be prepared. If you want to be a music industry professional, mm -hmm. you need to have a lot more arrows in your quiver than just I play guitar yeah. and sing. Yeah. Okay, you know, yeah. if you're playing an instrument, are you good enough to teach that instrument? Because yeah. that can be a valuable income stream. Can I think about thing, other associated things like operating sound, not only for myself, but for somebody else. Yeah. Graphic art is another area that you could look at. All of these skills yeah. uh, that, that are part of the music industry, if you've only got one of those, you're probably going to have to get a job yeah. doing something you don't like. So I think make sure that you're as good as you can be, put a lot of work into it, and maybe it won't be rewarded immediately, mm. but also do it for the right reason. Yeah. And the right reason is because you enjoy it mm. and you want to do it well, mm. not because you want to be a rock star and you can only have to get out of bed at three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> well, that, all right, yeah, who doesn't yeah. want to do that? <laughs> Riley, what are your thoughts? Any tips, any insights that you could possibly share? It is about collaboration yes. and working together. Um, it's not just venues, but it's, mm. it's a, a government uh, involvement as well. Mm. Um, but we must bring the punter along for the yeah. ride. And we rely on 
uh, those people to stand in front of the band, yep. to buy yeah. the music, to cheer them along. For um, a lot of cities, I think we're going to see opportunities with festivals yes. because people aren't travelling away yes. and they are still going yes. to look for that network. Yeah. And you only have to look at the success stories. Some are in New Zealand, mm. some are out at parks <laughs> um, where they pick a theme and they run something which is incredible. Mm. And I think we can do that in other regional cities as well mm. and achieve a result which is based on the arts. It's about music. Yes, it's not necessarily about an individual venue, mm. it's about the community and it's about the city as a whole. And that's how we need to approach, mm. not thinking about us as individuals, yes. but thinking about our colleagues yeah. and in the industry as well as your bandmates. Yeah. Now more than ever, we are going to rely on each other, yes. not just for our financial well-being, yeah. but it is a, an emotional thing yeah. that we need to you be careful point. of. Gabe, any thoughts about you? Basically what Tino was saying, like with um, how I think maybe it is time for if you've been playing an instrument for a while, like keep practicing. It's a good time for you to get heaps better at it or it's a good time for your band to write more songs and record. Like it's a great time to record like because there's not as much happening around you like other things. And you know, I mean, rather than focusing on trying to do an Australia-wide tour or trying to go like, yeah. you know, I mean, like we were going to go over to Chicago and record with Steve Albini again, but now we've just decided, you know what, let's just do a couple of shows, get some money, buy some microphones, we'll just record it ourselves. Like, let's just get better at recording yeah. music ourselves. Like, it's a, another skill you can develop. There's been disruptions before. Yes. And you just got to see the silver lining to that disruption, yeah. I think. Yeah. So the biggest thing... Uh, for me, I know is I've had time to think about things I want to do in the future, and I've started working on them already. Yeah. I think you know that that's a good good model for, especially young musicians. You know, what do you want to do? Start put a plan in place and work really hard at it. Yeah, indeed. Mm. Yeah, plenty of opportunities yeah. now. Yes. I think that there is a lot of positive out there. Mm. Uh, there will be opportunities for young people to get into the hospitality industry. There's going to be opportunities for them to get into music. Yeah. We're going to see a growth in, in this field. Yeah. Um, and if we get the support yeah. that the live music industry deserves, I mm. think we're going to see mm. an incredible resurgence in um, I've in got an community. idea. Mm -hmm. The musicians could become barristers in their, uh, baristas in their, their breaks. So you turn up, you play, it's then you serve coffee, <laughs> and you're, doing you're on a, a wage, yeah. an hourly wage. Gabriel's already He's doing good it. at it. Yeah. Seventy dollars an hour, I reckon. Yeah. What do you think? That's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to thank you, Mark. Thank you, Rolly. Thank you, Gabe. Really appreciate the the thought that you put in before we came here, and, and and I guess you know fleshing out the ideas. No one knows all the right answers. I think one of the things to come out of our conversation tonight is indeed the collaboration, the opportunity for collaboration and new opportunities are going to come from this, just like we've seen before. So thank you very much. Uh, I'd like to uh, also thank New South Wales Government Business Connect program, which is a dedicated program funded by the New South Wales Government and delivered through a network of independent service providers to help you start or grow your small business. If you want small business advice, come to the uh, Business Connect program. You call 1300 134 359 or email connect at treasury.nsw.gov.au. Please like us on Facebook, LinkedIn or Instagram. Uh, Google the Business Centre if you'd like to connect with us and we can get you to an appointment right away. If you'd like to contact Mark, Rowley or Gabe, also again, please contact us and we'll pass on your details. 
But no matter what stage you're on in your journey, in your business, please come and get some help. You don't need to do it alone. Thanks for listening to the Business Big Bang Theory podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast today, please review and rate us through iTunes and follow and share on Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn at The Business Centre.